Welcome to Switchfoot Song Stories, a fan-run and operated podcast, not affiliated with Switchfoot. All right, it is my honor and privilege to have the one and only Chris Allen on the show this week. Uh, Chris, thanks so much for taking the time. I heard uh, you just got back from tour, so are you kind of in uh, tour recovery mode right now? I would say definitely. Maybe more than, I don't know if it's an age thing or what, but being on a van and in different beds every night for, you know, about a month, uh, I needed some rest. So I've been resting this week. Yeah, I can imagine. As most fans probably know, Chris was the winner of season eight of American Idol. I'm not going to ask too many American Idol questions, I promise. But I did want to say, you know, as a fan of the show, you know, that was, to me, one of the best in the show's history. I mean, if you look at the incredible top three, you know, you, Adam, yeah. you, Adam and Danny, and then there's Allison and, uh, uh, I think Matt. I mean, there's so many people that, uh, went on to have very successful careers. So pretty cool stuff. And I know it was years ago, but I guess my, my one and only idle question would be, yeah. uh, what, what comes to the top of your mind first when you think about uh, that experience that you had on the show? Um, Gosh, so many things, but I would say immediately gratefulness for uh, the opportunity. Yeah. Um, just because, like, it was, um, I, I was not in any way making a living making music, and so it was a it was such a cool opportunity, and I felt I always feel really grateful. People are always like, "Do you like get?" weirded out by people asking you idle questions still and i'm like no it was like the greatest thing that's not the greatest thing that's ever happened to me but pretty close yeah and i think correct me if i'm wrong you've had five studio albums plus a christmas album yeah last full length was in 2019 yeah so some fans would say you're due <laughs> any any plans for the future yeah so yeah that's a, a great question i feel like it's one that i've been trying to figure out i, I put out five singles last year to just, uh to to kind of mess with the flow a little bit mm -hmm. and then i realized that that's not it, it was it was exciting at the time but it it's so like put something out and then you're like just waiting to put another thing out put out five songs in five months and now i'm like i i think i want to take those five and this is what we're working on is taking those five and turning them into a full length album. So Very hopefully cool. it'll be sooner rather than later. We've, but it's going to be, the plan is to make it like a pretty long uh, studio album, which is exciting. Yeah. I know in the age of streaming, I am still, um, I guess, old school where I love the full length. I mean, obviously if a artist wants to put out some singles, to you know if it, if it doesn't fit an album we're just to kind of yeah piece fans I, I love that too but i love the full length for sure i i do too and i i think i've realized that my fans also love it too so i thought i thought maybe there was a world where putting out a song every month would keep everybody engaged um you know for for that period of time and it and it did do that and it kept me engaged but it also i think was people were like well where's the rest of it <laughs> you know so people are still wondering where is the rest of it but we're working on it what does a season of writing look like for you i know it's different for for different people um is it yeah. like 
you kind of put it off for a while and live life and then you have kind of that material experience or is it more like kind of a journal or whenever you get an idea you jot it down and come back to it what's it look like for you typically i think it's initially like it mostly it's like the uh i'm always gathering ideas I'm always gathering like lyric ideas musical ideas i'm always gathering these things and then whenever and then it takes like one song well like i'll sit down and write one song and i'm like all right this is it this is like the this is the time when i'm writing songs like actually writing songs and because i've been gathering all these ideas i have um whether like you know consciously or not i feel like i'm always it, 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 I find things that I love and I can find like the, those things on my phone or find like the titles of songs and it's just trying to piece it all together and it can take a while. I'm, I'm not saying it's a quick process. It can definitely take a while, but, um, but I feel like I'm always preparing for that writing period. Yeah. I was trying to narrow down my favorite or some of my favorites from your catalog. And I think, what I what I've landed on typically is um, one of your older songs, "The Vision of Love," is probably okay. my favorite uh, all nice. time Chris Allen song. And obviously, as a big as a big Switchfoot fan, to me, the lyrics to that one and several others, but um, especially that one, is very uh, very John Foreman like. I think you know, and okay, in, in the chorus, uh, when a heart breaks and the world shakes, will we stand for the vision of love? Yeah, yeah. When a tear falls and the fear crawls, will we stand for the vision of love? Um, very. Um, I guess the, the singability as well, like as a fan yeah. to, to sing with it and just the message behind it. So love that one. We'll, we'll get into some discussion on different experiences you maybe had with John and the guys, but I know yeah. um, one reason I reached out to you was I, I remember over the years, some tweets from you about Switchfoot, um, some uh, comments in, in interviews talking about yeah. like their influence and just how much they've meant to you. So um, what would you say, like, generally speaking, how John and the Switch of the Guys have influenced your life or your music, anything in between? Man, it's been really weird. It's I feel like whatever I've done has, like, not that they've been, a, like, an integral part in, like, the music aspect of it, but whether it's, like, working with the same people or working with John or playing a show with them, like, they have woven their way through uh you know a little bit of what i do which is which is pretty awesome because growing up and i think growing up in church and growing up in that world i you know I was, everyone is super aware of the of the like bands that live on the fringe of you know christian music but are not christian music you know what i mean yep um and i was definitely that that kid that was uh, very aware of Switchfoot. I, I will say that like, I didn't get into them until college though. It was pretty, I feel like I was kind of late to the game. I had some, I mean, I knew the hits and all that. Yep. They were like playing the videos on MTV and all that. I was, I was into all of it, um, but I didn't get into like their records until college and people, um, I was playing with, you know, we would just be playing songs back and forth with friends and you know they'd show me something like what is that and they're like oh it's a switchfoot song so um yeah man I, I feel like they've they have been a big part of of uh of what i do musically and i feel like 
more than anything, John's solo record, that first one, was one, you know how you find music sometimes and you're like, oh, this is mine. I found it. No one but nobody else knows yeah. about it. Yeah. That was that record for me. Hmm. And I played it constantly in my car, driving to work, driving around, call, you know, in college, driving around town. And people would come in like, who is this? I'm like, this is John Foreman. They're like, who's John Foreman? I'm like, you know, Switchfoot is, right? And I just thought it was so creative. And especially with what I do, I think it was a little more in in line, mm -hmm. uh, not being like a rock band like Switchfoot is, just so great. It was like, oh, this is like more singer-songwriter, which is kind of on the, you know, like that's more like what I do. And I feel like I related to it so, yeah. like so just so much. Mm. What about the song Lifetime? Um, was yeah. John a contributor? Would I read that he was a contributor or maybe kind of like inspired something? Or I don't know. If I'll, I was... I'll be a thousand percent honest with you. Um, I, so that was, that was for my first record. I was working with Mike Elizondo, who produced Hello Hurricane for them. And I think we were talking about Switchfoot or something like that when we were in the studio. And he was like, do you want John to come up and write a song with you? And I'm like, in my in my soul, I'm like, no, because I'm a baby songwriter and I don't want him to, uh, you know, I, I just get nervous and, uh, you know, intimidated in those moments because, you know, he's such an incredible songwriter. And um, but I was like, I have to do this. So. Mike hit up John. John came up from wherever they live in, you know, Southern California. We were working in LA and we worked that day. And I'm pretty sure, and this was like, I won't say this was all um, of my writing sessions back then, but this one, and I feel like you can tell in the song where it just feels like John was writing it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> And because I, I I just was like, I don't have I don't have any I don't know how to say anything better than he does, you know, so I just I feel like I just kind of sat and watched and I could be remembering that very wrong. Um, but in my head, the way that I remember it, it's like John was he was kind of running the ship yeah. and which was cool, you know, like he was so gracious and so kind and um, yeah, it was just awesome. I think he ended up playing the guitar part on the record like that like beginning acoustic thing is his i'm pretty sure um yeah man it's it was cool to like just be in a room and watch somebody work i learned a lot in that phase mm -hmm. of writing songs and making music just from being in the room and watching people work yeah and he was definitely one of those people that is cool yeah as i was reading that and uh, looking up the lyrics of that song. I was like, "Yeah, that's that's another one. That's very uh, very John like." So I mean, it's like I just happened to be in the room. I'm sure I said some things, but you know, <laughs> it definitely felt like okay. I'm just gonna let this song happen, and and then I sang it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, one thing I love is for me personally, like my personal taste. Um, artists that can inspire with their art and 
I'm sure for you, it's been one of the greatest joys that you've had making music, making art, to be able to weave in lyrics about life and and faith and the journey that we're on. No, yeah. my, my favorite kind of music, there's just a lot of substance there. Um, what's been like your main goal and main joy when it comes to making music all these years? I, I mean, so the conversations that I have with people and, and I hope this doesn't come across in any way, but I love having conversations with people about songs because I never feel I never feel a lot of ownership about them. I feel like I'm just grabbing them from somewhere. Mm-hmm. Not that it, not to even make that sound overly spiritual or like or like I'm not working because it is work. Um, but when I can have a conversation with someone and they're and it's not fleeting like oh my gosh i love that song those are fine too but when i have those like real conversations with people almost like a sit down or or it just feels very one-on-one you know i've had people tell me like hey this song brought me out of depression or because i i know the power of music and i i can feel it and i'm always striving for it it doesn't always happen um but it's nice to know that even in small doses that it's working and and I'm just writing for myself more than anything. I've tried writing for uh, not like I've tried writing my songs for other people, like mm-hmm. to where like, oh, this is what people need to hear. That never works. It just never, it's never worked for me. I know some people, I'm sure it works for other people, but it does not work for me. Yeah. When I, when I can like sit down and go, Hey, what am I going through? Good, bad, whatever. Write about it. Even if it seems weird, it's never that weird because we're all human and we all go through very similar things. Yeah. And, um, I, always find that those even even specific things translate way better than the broad like the we are the world's great song not one that i should write yeah that reminded me as you're talking one of john's quotes um he said something along the lines of i'm not trying to write the song that makes the whole world sing i'm trying to write the song that makes my own soul sing oh yeah and then it's just like, again, so many people will relate to that that personal, you know, journey. So yeah, that's a, a quote that's always stuck with me. So um, the song that you chose to talk about is "Sing It Out." Yeah, a lot of choices. Um, yeah, there's too know, many from, choices. Yeah, man. They have, they have <laughs> way too many songs. <laughs> from the Hell Hurricane album, um, whether it was just kind of on a whim or not, like. Uh, you know, why, why did this one kind of, you think? Uh, so, so it was around the time. So it was 2009 when they put out that record. I was, I think going back to college at that time. And then my buddy had shown me that record and he was like, Hey man, there's a lot of really good stuff on here. And, and so I, I kind of dove in like he's, uh, cause he's one of those guys that, I just trust his taste. And so I, I just dove right in 
And I, I chose Sing It Out because I think that I'm maybe some people do, but uh, in the singer's zeitgeist, no one's talking about John Foreman for some reason. And as a singer, I think he's incredible. Um, and I think what sometimes what he's doing, I'm like, I can't do that. So there's a moment in Sing It Out where I would sit in my car. And honestly, the song feels kind of worshipful. Mm-hmm. Um, and there would be that. And then there's the end of the song where it's like, my soul, my soul, my soul. And I would always like, like, it was my goal to hit it that day. <laughs> that note, because it's not a, that's a high note for me. Yeah. And, and it sounds like it's a high note for him too, but it's, it's, uh, but he's crushing it. And so that would, that would be like my goal is to hit that note every time. It yeah. doesn't, it, I don't always hit it. I was going to say, what's your percentage, you think? <laughs> I think back then, back then it was not very good. Um, it was, uh, who knows, maybe 30%. I'd say, actually, because I, I was trying to prepare for this and, I was in the car yesterday. I think I I played it probably ten times. I think I hit it a good amount of times. So um, I've gotten better. So that's good. <laughs> <laughs> that is cool. But it's such a worshipful song. I mean, it's you know for me like being in my car the whole by myself a lot back in the day, and I would just ride around and listen to music. It was just it would take me somewhere. I feel like their music always does that for me. Like it just it takes me somewhere where, uh, you know, I'm not thinking about anything else. Yeah. Hopefully about driving, but like, <laughs> uh, but it just takes me somewhere where I can just listen. And I love that. Yeah. I remember the guys getting pretty emotional when they were specifically the Hell Hurricane album and uh, looking at some interviews about this, this song in particular. Oh, yeah. Just getting emotional about you know the meaning behind it and the writing of it and i think you know when that guitar kicks in in the final chorus it's just this huge you know building moment oh yeah but such a great tune and one thing we do on the show is oh go ahead i was just gonna say in the beginning of it is so like ominous and awesome like it's just like what is happening right now and yeah i love it so good yeah to me i think their wide collection of, of sounds and lyrics and all that stuff. To me, Switchfoot's at its best in two ways. One, the big anthem that everybody can sing. Yeah, yeah. Then the other one is kind of a darker sounding, reflective type of song that takes you on a journey. And so this, you know, Sing It Out definitely falls into that second category. But they, you know, and the, the, the frustrating thing about them is that they also can... I've been to a couple different shows of theirs. I went to, and both of them things that I've played as well. We played like a live together, which was like a festival back in the day. Mm-hmm. And then we did some sort of radio thing in Boston or something like that. I don't remember. And they, they rock harder than most rock, like, re, like, you know, rock than just a lot of bands. Mm-hmm. That's, that's upsetting and frustrating that they can do that they can do all of that you know what i mean so cool (laughs) i want to get your thoughts on some quotes about the song from john i'm gonna do it in two parts because i think part one 
is him talking about a little bit more of the meaning and then part two will be more of um just like kind of how the track came together so okay uh, but part one about the song john said sometimes i lose the plot i feel like i'm hopelessly lost underwater as though i can't figure out which way is up i know there's a song somewhere inside of me but i just can't remember what it is hmm. i want my life to be the poetry of the poet himself I want to sing to be a melody intertwined with the melody himself. Sometimes I'm hopelessly lost, broken, and spent. I fall in love with the ones and things that take life and love away from me. I need the song himself to sing through me. I need the word himself to speak into me. Hmm. Pretty deep. Did he say that in like an interview or something? That was the song story uh, that they wrote out before oh, okay. it came out. <laughs> I was like, if someone asked him a question and that was his actual spoken answer. Sometimes it is that. I know it is. It's upsetting. Again, I'm still frustrating. I sound like a bumbling idiot most of the time. So, um, man, that's that's really powerful and even brings the song, I think, new meaning for sure, knowing that. I mean, it always does whenever the writer gives you an insight into what they're thinking. Mm-hmm. Um that's that's really great really beautiful yeah and then uh part two he said here's a song that we worked on maybe more than any of the others there's many versions of the song uh the demo leaned towards massive attack the next version was even darker oh, most wow. most of the elements we track made to the final cut uh we kept trying to find a pulse that would be constant uh the next iteration of the song sounded much more like sade with a really memorable bass line that tim came up with but still we all felt like the song was stronger without the elements. So we use the always effective mute button on pretty much everything. And the song is singing about itself, struggling for melody, for life, for meaning, singing about rebirth. The song spends, uh, spends most of its time in the grave and comes to a bright, glorious finish held yeah. out to the very end. And to match the lyric, we saved almost every instrument for the end of the song. In my opinion, the essence of the song was the only thing that survived on the record. Oh, wow. Yeah. Gosh, I freaking I love stuff like that. That's so yeah. cool. Like, and when you said S, it was S A D E, so yeah, Sade. I, yeah, I might have said that wrong. <laughs> that's okay. Um, wow, that's really cool. I want to hear all the versions of the song for yeah. sure. Yeah, uh, that's that's awesome. I think "Mess of Me" was another one on that record that was a couple years in the making. Just a lot of different versions of, and I know. Where the light shines through was one that they ended up using the demo, like the original demo, I think, of of the recording. So, yeah, I think I was even looking at the credits of that one, and some of them I think were produced by themselves. And then, you know, Mike did, uh, I think, a lot of the record as well. But I have a feeling like, you know, them, I could, and I'm, I hope I'm not saying this wrong, but I have a feeling like they bring so much to the table to a producer. And then the producer's just like trying to fit all the pieces together. Yeah. Or just go like or just tell them, hey, what you have is great. Um, which yeah. is sometimes a, uh not not a lot of producers are great at that, but Mike is yeah. he's he's amazing. Um that's that's awesome. And they're just such good they're such great players. Mm-hmm. Great, like uh yeah, it's they're they're inspiring, man. Really, really inspiring. Can you think of any songs from your catalog that you had like a maybe a similar vibe where like 
took different versions or took a long time. Probably some were, you know, maybe 15, 20 minutes. And then others were just like, this is like a couple years in the making type song. Ooh. Yeah. Um, I mean, I feel like I'm not one to, I only have a couple songs where they've kind of just fallen out. Um, there's a song that I literally just wrote on a plane one time, a song called Waves, that just fell out. I just grabbed I grabbed my like journal, I wrote it down. I, I don't think I stopped moving my pen. Hmm. And I was just like, well, and I knew what it sounded like. And I think I was coming home from a tour too. And I think the first thing I did was like, maybe I hug my kids. But then I immediately went upstairs because I needed to play it. Yeah. Because I didn't have a guitar in the, on the plane. So I was like, I need, to, I need to know that this works. Yeah. And immediately it was like, okay, that's great. It feels awesome. But that's only happened like, like a couple times, maybe. Mm-hmm. And so usually it is a process for me. Um, there was this, uh, I'm trying to think of one. The first thing that comes to mind is a song that I put out last year where I I'd, I'd started it out with a sample from just life. I was, uh, I was beaten on this trampoline, this rhythm, and I, I didn't realize that, you know, my daughter was jumping on the trampoline. And I didn't realize she was kind of making a noise. And then the noise that she was making was just like a joyful, happy noise. And, and it fit perfectly into the rhythm that I was doing. And so I was like, I got to use that. So I, I sampled the voice memo, turned it into a song. But I, I started it with a friend, producer named Andy Skib, And uh, we had kind of gotten into a place, thought it was cool. I sat with it for a long time and then I brought it to another guy and he was like, I think it's great, but what if you did this? And so I changed some things about it. Well, he challenged me. And of course I was like, I think you're an idiot. It's perfect the way it is. And then I listened and he was right. Um, so I changed some like format and stuff about it and changed some lyrics that process took a while. It took like a year and a half. It took a long, long time. And then I took it back to Andy and he was like, I love all these changes. And then we just kind of went to town on it after that. And so hmm. then put it out last year. And it's one of my favorites it's called don't stop dancing. Nice. It's about my little girl. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. I love that one. I've got two little girls myself and, uh, and uh, you know, I love hearing the stories behind it. I would think, if I was an artist, I'd have a hard time if I have like a good idea, like, oh, I want to get it out there, but I also want to make sure it's where it needs to be. And, and, uh, yeah, it's a tough, it's a tough thing. Cause sometimes, and I'm, I'm, I'm able to do this a lot or not able, but, uh, I'm, I will like overthink a song so much. Cause there's another song that I put out last year that literally has like a verse and a chorus and like a middle part and then i was like my songwriter brain was like okay you got to have two verses two different verses Mm -hmm. and so i spent forever trying to figure out that second verse and then i realized i was like what if it's just kind of the same verse Mm -hmm. and it works 
And so I had to just kind of like let it go and be like, this is just, this is what it is. And you got to like give it to the world because you can't hold on to things forever because maybe nothing will ever be perfect. And um, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a really, it's a really fine line, you know, more than anything, you just have to trust your gut as an artist and a songwriter to know when things are right or wrong or, and have people around you that can speak into that as well. Mm-hmm. Because being a solo artist, I don't have a band to tell me, like, wait, what if you did this? Or, yeah, um, I I kind of have to trust myself a lot, which I don't do that very well. <laughs> Sometimes you just have to sing it out, right? Hey, bringing <laughs> it back, Tyler, bringing it back. So, do you happen to have a favorite lyric from this one, or you can also maybe speak into like? Like, what do you think the overall message of the track is? Do you have any thoughts on that? Um, I just think that I think when that chorus hits, sing it out. Um, there's a release that happens in the song that feels very intentional of of this angst or unknowing and then just coming to this this realization that you just gotta like do it and you you just got to trust i don't know i mean i i just i i get a feeling every time that i that that chorus comes and you sing it you know uh just always feels like a release and a and a uh giving into the unknowing a little bit yeah encourage everybody to go revisit that track if it's been a while try to hit the high note see if you can do it and uh it's not easy yeah it's up there so final question one thing i like to ask when we have artists on the show is if you were once again having an opportunity to, to share the stage uh, with John or Switchfoot themselves, yeah, and you had the choice where they're going to cover one of your songs and then you oh, get gosh. to sing one of their songs, what two songs are you picking? Ooh. Probably the, the, the middle of a show or maybe the encore. <laughs> So both of them. So what what song of mine would I ha- would I have them cover? Yeah, like sing with them. Yeah. Okay. Jeez, man, <laughs> that's a tough one. I'm trying to think. Um, there's ooh, there's a song off my first record that just came to mind. It's called "I Need to Know." Um. And it's not the not the Mark Anthony song. Um, it is a uh, it feel it was definitely like the most real song on that first record. Um, it's about doubt, and um, and it kind of does some similar things that even Sing It Out does, where 
it uh, it's just all building, probably not quite as much as that one, but it's just all building into this like idea of, uh, of course, it's just I need to know it's over and over again um, about, you know, it's about faith and doubting and um, that. So I feel like that would be one that they would they would crush as a band and it would be fun to do live. Nice. Um, man, and I don't know. I mean, it, if I was to do one of theirs, I mean, if I'm going, if I'm going on like the rockier side of things, which can be fun, it's not something that I do all the time, but I also think the sound is just like such a, it's just such a cool freaking song. Like, like so cool. Yeah. So that one could be fun. Yeah, that would be fun. Very cool. I remember getting to hear that song on their tour bus at outside of Kings Island in Ohio. Oh wow! Before it was released, and I was just like, like mouth drop, like yeah, this is gonna be, this is gonna be a fan favorite coming up. <laughs> yeah, I think was it the first single off that album? I think they put out "Mess of Me." Maybe so. Am I remembering that right? I don't know. Yeah. Kind of blends together over the years, but they've got they've got a lot. I can yep. imagine if, if you're the Switchfoot historian over there that you are, Tyler, it probably yep. all blends together. <laughs> well, thanks a ton for coming on. Um, you're still active on social media, Chris Allen, Chris Allen official website. Um, anything else you want to share? I know you've also been involved in a lot of charity work over the years. Anything, anything going on or coming up? Not at the moment, man. I've just got off the road, so I'm excited to spend some time with my family and and work on finishing this album that's been kind of uh that's number one or and we're not one and two at the moment is to just be at home and i'm sure i've got some yard work i need to do and <laughs> all that sort of stuff yeah but yeah man i'm just excited to be home and excited to be working on some stuff sounds great thanks a lot looking forward to whenever the album comes out and hope to catch you in Nashville or somewhere in the Midwest in the future. Yeah, Tyler, thank you so much for having me on, man. It's fun.